Second Kings chapter 11, uh, verse 1. Can I come out there? Because I feel like I'm like uptight. All right, here we go. Uh, and the word of the Lord says is so. Athalia, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead. She rose and destroyed all the seed royal. But Jehusheba, the daughter of King Joram, sister of Ahaziah, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him from among the king's sons which were slain, and they hid him, even hid him and his nurse in the bedchamber. Now, this bedchamber is special because this bedchamber, the Bible says, uh, was found in the temple of the Lord so that he was not slain. Next verse. And he was with her. Joash was with her, hid in the house of the Lord six years. But during these six years, the Bible says that Queen Athalia did reign over the land. And the seventh year, the priest, Jehoda, sent and fetched the rulers over hundreds with the captains in the guard and brought them to him into the house of the Lord and made a agreement, a covenant with them and took an oath, took a promise of them in the house of the Lord and showed them the king's son. The king's son is Joash. And he commanded them saying, this is the thing that ye shall do. A third part of you that enter in on the Sabbath shall be even keepers of the watch of the king's house. And a third part shall be at the gate of Sir, and a third part at the gate behind the guard. So shall you keep the watch of the house that it be not broken down. Next verse. And two parts of all that go forth on the Sabbath, even they shall keep the watch of the house of the Lord about the king. A couple more verses. And he shall compass the king round about. Every man with his weapons in his hand, and he that cometh within the ranges, let him be slain. And be ye with the king as he goeth out, and as he cometh in. Next verse. And the captains over the hunters did according to all things that Jehoiada the priest commanded, and they took every man his men that were to come in on the Sabbath with them that shall go out on the Sabbath, and came to Jehoiada the priest. I'm not going to save you the juiciest part yet. I'm going to save that for the end. But my title today is Wait for It. There it is. Do it with me. Wait for it. There it is. Father, today I pray that you would bless your word my tongue. That you allow me the boldness to say this word as you have given it unto me. Send fire down. Dwell in among and through your people, your servant today. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen. One stormy night, an elderly couple entered the lobby of a small hotel and asked for a room. The young clerk who was at the front desk responds to the elderly couple and says, we have no room. And unfortunately, all the hotels on this part of town also have no room. The couple starts to head to the door and the clerk says, but wait, you can sleep in my room for the night. 
The couple hesitated, but the clerk insisted. The next morning when the man paid his bill, he said, you're the kind of man, he's talking to the clerk, you're the kind of man who should be managing the best hotel in these United States. Someday, I'll build you one. The clerk smiled politely because he didn't think nothing much of the man's statement. A few years later, this same clerk receives a letter in the mail. A round, ticket, a round trip ticket was enclosed. When the clerk arrived, his host took him to the corner of 5th Avenue and 34th Street where stood a magnificent new building. That explained the man, the elderly man, is the hotel I have built for you to manage. The man was William Waldorf Astor. And the hotel was the original Waldorf Astoria. And the young clerk's name was George Seaboat. I think I got a picture of him. I did my homework, my research today. I'm ready. I'm ready. You ready? George Seaboat. There he is, Mr. Seaboat. Ah, ah, quick, quick, quick info on Mr. Seaboat. Mr. Seaboat was a German immigrant. Came over to these United States of America at 13 years old with nothing. His first job was working in a kitchen. A job thought of thin as not much. But George did whatever he could find his hands to do. The menial jobs he cleaned up, served the kitchen, cleaned the kitchen. His, 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 his motto was, I'm going to serve. And I'm going to serve my way up. Mr. Sebo uh, uh, was often overlooked, not thought of as much. But Mr. Seaboat now is a self, was a self-made millionaire because he realized that small beginnings, when I work my small beginnings and when I work the, 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 the hand that I was dealt, small beginnings become monumental endings. In other words, where I am now, if I work at it, work hard, dream, put God first, there's no telling to where I'll end up. But I do know I'll end up on top. Because God promised me that I will end up on top if I seek him first. Mr. Bull, often overlooked, not thought of as much, did the little jobs. Ooh, he shares some same uh, similarities to someone uh, in the Bible by the name of David, which is where we're going. But before we get there, I want to just tell you what the word promise means. A promise means a declaration. Or an assurance that a particular thing will happen or that a particular thing or that someone will do a particular thing. A, a promise is a declaration or assurance that someone will do something or that a particular thing will happen. Mr. Bolt got his promise from the elderly couple and they said it and it came to pass. Reminds me if we can go to 2 Samuel chapter 7 verse 12. And 12, this is a perfect segue into the promise that God tells David. Do we have it? This is God telling David, and when thy days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. Next verse. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish his throne forever. In other words, God is telling David, promising David, that the Messiah will come through his blood line. But in order for this to happen, 
my first point on today, this must happen. God's promises remain reserved, but they cannot be fulfilled without perseverance. God's promises remain reserved, but they cannot be fulfilled without perseverance. In other words, this reveals unto us that time and endurance are preservatives and God fulfilling his promise. For you see, there's time from 2 Samuel of God promising David that Jesus would come through his bloodline. There's time that must take place. And then there are conditions that will try to come and impact Jesus coming through David, so that promise must also endure. Mm, this is important because the scripture that I started with, we get a glimpse of the promise being under attack because Joash is in the lineage of David. And Joash's life is in danger. I'm getting ahead of myself, but if Joash dies, he's the last connection to David. And if Joash dies, that means that God's promise that he made to David does not come forth. So there, there's conditions that are impacting it, but the last time I checked, y'all, God was a man that cannot lie. If he said it, it must come to. I don't know what you, I don't know what the promises, I, I know of promises, but I do know if God told you something, it will come to. It will come to pass. There in 2 Kings chapter 11, Athaliah, Queen Athaliah, Joash's grandmother, is staking her claim to the throne by killing all of the seed that was royal. She's upset. Can I give you a little background? I got a little time, right? She's upset because her son Ahaziah dies in battle. Not only that, her parents were King Ahab and Jezebel, two of Israel's most cruel, wicked king and queen combination. In a nutshell, uh, the, their lives, Ahab and Jezebel, was summed up as this. You reap what you sow. And the wages of sin is death. Ooh, y'all with me? Yeah, somebody been reading their Bible. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. So Ahab... Uh, dies in battle, the Bible says, by being killed by a random arrow, by a random soldier. Is a king but dies a poor man's death. Jezebel, the Bible says, was slew, was killed by whom God sent a man named Jehu. Slays her, throws her out the window. And the Bible says that the dogs licked up her blood. Licked it up. Queen Athalia sees all this and now she's upset. She's really upset now when her son Ahaziah dies because the same man who killed her mother was the same man who killed her son. And this man God sent because God was enacting judgment upon the house of Ahab. Oh, I'm, I'm connecting. It's going to make sense in a minute. And, 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 and now Queen Athalia wants the throne. So the quickest way to get to the throne is to kill all the babies that can stake claim to the throne. So she, she thinks she kills them all. But God had a purpose and God had to keep his promise. God keeps his promise because he sends uh, 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 Athalia's maidservant into her house to take out the last remaining seed, which is Joash, and hides him in the temple of the Lord for six, for six years. Man, this is some Game of Thrones stuff. 
hides him in the temple for six years. God's promise to David of being the conduit for Jesus to be born. For Jesus to enter earth is hidden in the temple. And it all makes sense because Joash's name means Yahweh has given. Which means Yahweh had given David a promise. And Joash's reflection of being hid, being protected in the temple of the Lord is God keeping his promise to David. What I love about it is that he's hid in the temple because Athaliah is evil and she does not dwell in the presence of the Lord. So being in the temple provides a safe haven, a safe place for the baby to, 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 to be born and to grow up until, time for, until it's time for him to take the throne. Uh, being in a temple, uh, the psalm, I believe it's Psalm 91, it says, He that hideth in the secret place of the shadow of the Almighty God is provided a fortress. A fortress means protection. As long as Joash is in the temple, in the presence of God, he is he's safe. So they keep him in the temple for six years until it's time for him to come out. Because God keeps his promises. Ooh, look at somebody and say, God keeps his promises. Quick illustration, God keeps his promises. I love it, I love it, I love this part. When a man loves a woman, and when a woman loves a man, that's not how he gave it to me. He gave it to me. When a man loves a woman. That's how I'm, I'm, I'm going to be obedient, Lord. They both promise to love each other. For better or for worse. And sickness and in health. Till death do them part. They make a promise to love each other according to Christ's standard. And they declare it on the altar. Amen? But that promise must be preserved. Woo! Yeah! Oh, man. That promise must be maintained. So can I help out some of the fellas in here? Fellas, you got to buy her those flowers, them roses, to surprise her every now and then. You got to set out date night and put it on the calendar and stick to date night because you're making your love a priority you're fueling the fire y'all laughing but y'all gonna leave with it in your mind and when, 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 when you're taking her out on a date you gotta hold the door open cause that's preserving the love and when she gets to the door or to the car door you open the car door Sit her down on the inside on the passenger seat. Slide the door shut. Walk around <laughs> to the driver's side. Sit down and watch this. A woman likes security. So you reach over and you grab the seatbelt. Ooh, man. And you put the seat. <laughs> I know, you know, you know, you know, you're teaching me, God. I don't know if they, I don't know if they're receiving it, but I put the seatbelt on. Because you're maintaining the, the love. You're fueling the fire. And then you look her in the eye and say, you sure look good tonight. And I love you so much. 
you're preserving, you're maintaining the love. Because the love has to be, the promise that you made eye to eye on the altar must be preserved. But it also must persevere. So when t- troubled times come, I don't like to call them arguments. I like, I like to call them intense times of fellowship. <laughs> intense times of fellowship. That's what I like to call them. And we can't come to an agreement, take a break and pause, go and pray in the corner. Pray for her, yeah. But pray for yourself as well. And then come back with cooler heads to come to an agreement on the matter. In other words, your love must endure. Not only that, relationship-wise, God does God show himself uh, uh, our, our promises, but I, wait a minute, let me go back. God's promises are reserved, but are fulfilled, fulfilled through perseverance. I know God loves me because he sent me her. Thank you, Brother Juan. Amen. I know, I know God loves me because she's a representation of his love toward, toward me. So I must do my best to preserve the promise that he sent to me. And when troubled times come, I must do my best and my part to help us persevere through what, is, what it is that we're facing. I know, y'all ain't got to get with me. Relationship-wise, our dreams and goals are included in his promises. But they also must be upkept and updated. I came today to tell somebody, you may be in the beginning stages of fulfilling God's promises on your life. But that's okay. You may be at the end part or you may be in the middle. Wherever you are, God told me to tell somebody that preparation requires participation. And participation is an illustration of God's revelation. And God's revelation precedes, comes before God's manifestation. Let me put it to you like this. Preparation involves who? You. Participation includes who? You. God's revelation comes from him, but it comes to who? God's manifestation, his miracles are done by him, but done through. So what he's telling us is that if you want it, oh, then you got to go get it. God's promises are fulfilled through willing vessels. Mm. God's promises are fulfilled and revealed through willing vessels. If you go to our text, Athaliah tries to kill all the seed, almost succeeds, but God had a promise that he had to keep to David. So God sends Jehoshiba, the maid servant, somebody that was not thought of as much to preserve, to save his to upkeep his promise. And she hides baby Joash in the temple. Jehosheba's name means, I think I have a slide for it, a solemn praise, a solemn oath, a solemn promise. She was married to Jehodah, which is the priest in our story. It's important because Jehosheba is a reflection of God reminding 
And Jehu told the priest that he was going to keep his promise that he gave to David. So watch this. Jehu does the priest a central person in the story because when it's time for Joash to become king, God uses Jehu the priest to put him on the throne. So Jehosheba had to be familiar with the presence of God because she's married to the man of God. So she was very familiar with uh, the presence of God because she understands this. I got to save this baby because of the promise that God said to David. And if Joash dies, evil intentions will remain in power. If Joash dies, the promoting of Baal worship will become even more prevalent in the lives of Israel. If Joash dies, the promise of the Messiah through the bloodline of David dies as well. You know what God told me last night? This is crazy, but it's true. We're talking about Joash, but really this message is for me and y'all. Hallelujah. Oh, I didn't say it. Joash has to live because evil cannot overcome what? Good. Joash has to live because God is not a man that he shall not lie. If he said it, it shall come to what? Pass. And the last time I checked, he tells me that he loves me with an everlasting love. Ooh, he tells me that, he can, that I can count on him to always be there with me every step of the way. He tells me that I'm selected and that I'm set apart. He tells me to be different because I'm royal. So I got to be light in this dark world. He tells me that my children are blessed and that they have a promise on their life. So watch this. If they mess up, I got to remember the promise that God told me concerning my boys. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you may have kids, children that are in jail right now. But God says there's a promise that I have on their lives that I can still use them where they are in jail. If you don't believe it, read up on Joseph because God used Joseph in jail. If they're on the streets right now, running the streets, acting stubborn and hard-headed, God told me to tell you to remind me of the promise that I put on their lives, that they're not too far that I can't reach them because my love extends as far as that need them to be. God said there's a promise. They're just in a perseverance stage of the promise. Maybe in a hospital now. Maybe under attack right now. But God says I will bring them through. Because if God said it, it must come to pass. Your prodigal will return home. Your weeping may have been enduring for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. If he said it, you know what that means? That means in Greek, it will come to pass. If he said it, you know what that means? That's Chinese for it will come to pass. If he said it, you know what that means in Espanol? It will come to pass. What am I telling you? If God said it, it shall come to, it shall come to pass. If you believe it, shout yes in this place. Yes. Promises. Promises are like crying babies in a movie theater. You wish they'd be carried out at once. 
For six years, Joash is hidden while his evil grandmother reigns. Because I told you that promises have to endure. And time and endurance are preservatives of the promise. So for six years, his, this, this lady reigns. Which leads me to my second point that God's promises are all inclusive. They're a package deal. This, oh, my, the baby's with me. This tells me that God's promises are already prearranged. And they come with exclusive coverage. Mm, uh, uh, to make you, to make you, to make you, uh, uh, to, to, to believe this. Uh, can we go to Hebrews 11 and 23? Hebrews 11 and 23. God's promises are all inclusive. They come as a package deal, but they come with exclusive Exclusive coverage that only God can provide. By faith, Moses, when he was born, the Bible says was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. One more verse. By faith, Moses, was, was, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter because he chose to live for God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. But when he's born, he's born to miss danger. Because Pharaoh had a decree to kill out all the babies. And Pharaoh's decree was to throw all the babies into the Nile River. Because the Israelites were growing so rapidly that he would not be able to control them. So he tried to decrease the population. The Bible says this, that when Moses was born, he was a beautiful child, a fair child. In other words, when he was born, his parents could tell that there was an anointing on his life. So they did something. They went against the Pharaoh's decree and the Bible says that they hid him for three months. Moses was getting too big, probably too loud, probably crying too loud because Pharaoh's decree was still out. So the Bible says that Moses' mama, oh, thank God for the mamas. Moses' mama puts him in an ark, puts papyrus and tar and pitch on the ark and the Bible says that she puts him on the Nile River. She had to have faith. Because she puts him on the Nile River and she allows him to float down the Nile River. But remember what I told you, God's promises are inclusive. They come with exclusive coverage. So Moses is floating down the Nile River. You would think, you would think that the river's rough rapids would have turned the boat over and baby Moses would have drowned. You would think that some crocodile would have came along and crushed the ark and crushed and ate baby Moses, but he had a promise. He had a promise. And as he's floating down the Nile River, God is keeping his promise. He's floating uh, among the reeds. I believe I have a slide for it. He's floating among the reeds amidst tall grass. The surroundings don't look inviting. The surroundings look intimidating, but God's coverage is on Moses. God told me today, last night, to tell somebody that our surroundings that we live in today may look intimidating. And they may look vicious, but we got promises attached to us. And Moses is moving among the reeds and he's moving along the reeds. We're living in a time today where we're moving among the reeds and people and organizations and physical powers fueled by satanic powers are trying to take us out. 
are trying to take us off the place where God put us, are trying to take advantage of us and divide us and, and trying to destroy us. But God said, I'm with you. Just like I was with Moses as he flowed down the Nile River, I'm with you as you flow down life's trouble, tribulations and troubled times. Because I'm with you. And not only am I with you, I'm for you. It didn't matter that baby Moses, baby Moses was facing turbulent waters because he was in the hands of a God who controls the waters. In other words, what you face fails in comparison to whom you serve. Mm. What you face fails in comparison to whom I serve. We sung it, my God is so big. Y'all sung it, so strong, so mighty. And his plans for me. Y'all know I'm a singer to y'all help me. Goes beyond my wildest dreams. There's nothing my God. Because listen. Our God is awesome. He can move mountains. Because he's going to keep his what? He's going to keep his what? Mm. Going to keep his promise. I'm going to my seat. A closer look at the word promise. I believe I have a slide for it. A closer look at the word promise. If you break the word promise down, it means pro and mice. The dictionary, pro means in favor of. Mice means writ of right. So watch this. Uh, writ of right means the issue in a legal proceeding upon a writ of right is it's common law for that person to receive back what belongs to them because it's the writ of right. Watch this. What are you saying, Pastor Jay? God is in favor of restoring to you the things that have been taken away. The enemy has taken it or may have taken it, but it's your writ of right to get it back. Everything that belongs to you must come, must come back. So it is only God that sets up the plan for Moses to be flowed down out of the flow, to be sent down a Nile River away from his mom. But watch this. The Bible says, the Bible says that when Moses gets to uh, around the house of Pharaoh, that Pharaoh's daughter picks up baby Moses and says, This is a Hebrew child, which means we know we need to go get a Hebrew woman to take care of this child. This child had a promise, which means God was in favor of, and this child had to be returned back to his. Mother, so guess who Pharaoh hires to watch this child? Unknowingly, he hires his, his Moses's mama because it was her real right to get back. Oh man, everything that belonged to her. What she would normally do for free, she now getting paid to do. Because when God gives me back something that I lost, he gives me back it with interest. So if your child is lost right now, by the time they get right and get back with God, you're going to see a child that is on fire for the Lord. A child that's going to fulfill everything that God said. It's my real right. It's my real right. It's my right. It's your right to take back everything that was lost. It's your right to take your rightful place of owning and stewarding all that God has entrusted you with. 
It's your right to succeed and be prosperous. Which brings me to my last point. I'm going to my seat. God's promises are reserved for us, but cannot be fulfilled without perseverance. God's promises are inclusive, which means they come with a coverage plan. But then, last but not least, it's all about the get back. It's all about the get back. God, can I, can I, can I, can I connect this? One more, one more story. God himself had a plan. God himself had dreams and goals. And when sin separated us from him, God's plan was to bring us back to him. So he sends his only, mm, he sends his only promised child. Ooh, can I, can I, can I help you? Can I help you here? Um, I believe I got one more slide to connect this because I really want you to see this. Moses, when Moses is born, all the Hebrew boys are drowned because Pharaoh does not want the Israelites to grow. Joash, the, the man we read about today, when he was born, all the royal seed was what? Killed because his grandmother wanted the throne. When Jesus is born, the Bible says that Herod made a decree to kill all the baby boys under two because Herod had heard about the promised Messiah coming. Moses' Moses's mom was an integral part of saving his life. Jehosheba was the integral part of saving his life. And Mary and Joseph played a part, played the part in helping save baby Jesus' life because Matthew 2 and 12 states that being warned in a dream, God told Joseph and Mary not to go back a certain way, but to go back down to Egypt. Ooh, which means this. Your dreams and goals always include helping someone else out. Your dreams and goals are for someone else's deliverance. Moses, hidden in the Nile River, picked up by Pharaoh's daughter. Joash, hidden in the temple. Jesus, Hidden in Egypt until it was time for him to come out. Joy, uh, Moses was the deliverer. Led the people of Israel out of slavery. Joash was a carrier of the seed to keep David's lineage alive. Jesus was the savior. As a matter of fact, Jesus exemplifies being the deliverer. Moses was the only reflection of the real deliverer. Jesus was the carrier ooh, because he carried the promise of, re 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 of refixing the connection for us to go back to God. And Jesus is the savior because he was born, he bled and died and rose on the third day. God wanted our relationship to be a forever thing. So he sends his only, his only son. He reserves the person because it couldn't be just anybody. It had to be somebody that was sinless. It had to be somebody that was blameless. And it had to be somebody that could persevere to the cross. Moses delivers a generation out. Joash, after six years, the Bible says uh, that, that, that Jehoda, the priest, now says, now it's time. <clears throat> it, now it's time. Now it's time. 
I want you to leave today with that in your mind. Now it's time. Now it's time for you to show the light of God. Now it's time for you to get serious about doing the will of God. Now it's time for you to stand up and be that example in school. Now it's time for you to be a testimony to others about what God can do. Now it is the time. The Bible says that uh, Jehoiada tells the, the, the men, get on guard. I need men, a third of men in the temple. I need a third of men outside the temple. And then I need a third of men at the gate. Because when Queen Athalia comes, she's not going to come daintily. She's not going to come and want to give up her throne peacefully. So get on guard. Because we got a job to do. Queen Athalia comes through the gate and the men let her pass through. She comes to the temple and there are men at the door and they let her pass through. She comes into the presence of God, something that she's not familiar with. And she cries out. You don't believe me? Read it. She cries out, treason, treason, kill Joash because Joash is on the throne. And the Bible says that Jehoiada the priest makes a mark and tells the men, kill queen Athalia, because evil uh, will be done away with. Evil has been done away with on the cross. And we have the victory. Joash takes the throne, and now his job is to remove all of Baal worship. Joash becomes and takes his rightful place as the king of Israel because God had to keep <laughs> God had to keep his promise. Stand to your feet. Joash is on the throne. And the Bible says that when the queen walks in, she walks in with him on the altar because he's taking his rightful place on the altar. It is on the altar of the Lord where you receive strength. It is on the altar of the Lord where transformation takes place. It is on the altar of the Lord where God begins to work a work on the inside of us. It is on the altar where God begins to reveal some things ooh, to us. So here we are today. Can you play You Made a Way? Here we are on the altar today. And God is saying it's time for you to take your rightful place. You may not have been living in your purpose and your calling. But God sent me here today to remind you. I promised. You're promised. You have a promise on your life. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you may be in the middle of giving up. But God says, I promise. I promise to keep you. I promise to be with you. But I need you to come. 
to the altar. Come into my presence. Because on the altar you'll receive a reminder, a refresher that I am in favor of you. That's what I love about God is that God is a man that loves me so much that he'll use me and you despite our flaws. He'll use me and you despite our shortcomings, despite our mess-ups. He'll clean us up and put us back to the place where he created us to be. Maybe you're here and you don't know Christ as your Savior. I challenge you now to meet me.